Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening, Manifest and Adam. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for having us. <laughs> when I grew up, I'll have a voice like you. <laughs> this, this, this is one of those uh, uh, God-given gifts that uh, helps you bridge that gap between uh, talented and uh, <laughs> and making it, I guess. <laughs> Finding out, in fact, this is the beginning of a series I'm going to be doing on, 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 on talents in the area of fashion, art, organizing, dance, poetry, acting, speaking. But you guys are setting the pace for a very intense discussion but let's start with discovery first of all the name the name the choice of names i realize that to be to be an artist you need to choose your name well and you have the m and the and the, and the dot <laughs> and, and, and i realize that Charlie, the dot is a very huge part of the name tell me why, why the m dot uh, well, um, first of all you're you're right i think names do matter i mean as as very cultural people in ghana we do know that everybody's name comes with great meaning. My middle name is Amethepe, which, because I was born the day my grandfather was being buried. So we know the significance. So I think as an artist, your name precedes you. It's like the first part of your reputation. So I chose a name that I thought would represent what I do, which, you know, is a soulful spiritual essence of what I do. So to manifest, to bring something forth. And, uh, and of course, the peculiar spelling there, it comes with the, you know, as hip hop people, we like to be cool. <laughs> so uh, it, it was kind of an acronym. So I wanted to separate music from the rest of his explanation. So right. I put the dots there. So, so it's M dot A N I F E S T, but I still pronounce manifest. Right. And they like to say M dot dot dot. I realize that, and then people say M giddy giddy. M diggity. I need some initiation into the way you do things. Okay. So, Adam, tell me about names and 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 how you got you you came by your name. Well, um, just is, like, it, is it a real name? Yes, Adam is my real name. Right. Uh, for people who don't understand the word, uh, the name Adam, uh, Adam means either a savior or a redeemer. Right. That's that's the real uh, Christian mean. And um, in the studio, I spent a lot of time with Haman and we realized that uh, my quest was actually going to be a reflection of my name where I am going to expose a certain part of the country that had been slept on when it comes to music, which is the region, the Volta region. Right. So you might as well call yourself the savior because you're already being called Adam. And and, and we thought that was significant for purposes of the the focus the album was for. Right. The, and so the I, first album. Yeah, so I retained the name. And then in the earlier days, we added Aibe. And the purpose was just to take away the venom that comes with people being called Aik before and then they don't like it. Mm-hmm. So in reverse, we call ourselves that. And then what I what else are you, is anybody going to say when you come out? Right. Yes, and then I come out and then I decide to drop the Aigbe name because I had some uh, lessons from older people who knew the history and took me through it. Right. So do you feel like a person with a mission, a calling? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, you need that uh, to be able to uh, get a following. Right. Uh, music has to do with a following. And nobody gets a following without having a mission right. or without being on a journey. Uh, if you're not on a journey, nobody wants to follow you. Right. Uh, so, yes, uh, it's a journey. 
and 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 it's ongoing. Right. So, so manifest this this journey that Adam talks about. Is this something that you actually explain, or people just see you living it and they identify with it? I think it has to be explained through action. Right. We are fortunate enough that the music um, is both uh, words and feelings. Right. So we have the the great privilege of being always able to share with people our stories and our messages. Right. So it has to be through action by doing the music. There's no talking aloud. Right. When you when you're on this journey, you fully commit, and when people see that. Uh, that you fully commit, then they treat you like um, what you claim you are. You know, right. it's not just about the glamour, but they they realize that this is if it's your calling, um, you fully commit, and then you embark on that journey, and and your works right. will will speak for you. Will speak for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, music was not something that a parent would would allow a child to go into. Apart from Kick Jan, who I went to the same primary school with, and because he was in the CBC, it was big, and so we used to be. T- proud to see that, listen, went to the same primary school with Kiki Jan mm-hmm. because he would say I earned a million pounds. But otherwise nobody would mention that their, their child will do music. When, when you set out, both of you are well educated, you speak very well, you have I'm sure you had options in other careers or other options that you could have pursued. When you said you were going into music, did, you, did your family initially support you? Did, did they believe that it was a path you could pursue? Let me start with you, um, Adam. Uh, manifest, sorry. Um, I always, I, I get, I mean, I have a peculiar situation where I get asked this question quite a lot uh, because some people are familiar with some of my family ties. And I, I always tell them that I never actually sought permission. When something is your calling, you actually, you know, bring people, loved ones into it by showing that you're serious and you do it. I mean, I think my parents and my aunties, uncles and other people have always been supportive because I never would come to somebody and say, you know, this is what I want to do. I would actually actively do it in my work. You know, I'm okay, I hear it. I'm sending you a, 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 a CD in the mail and it's my first album. I think uh, that's, that means you are taking more seriously. You know, instead of seeking permission, you are, you are you're bringing your dreams into fruition. And so that's what I did. And so for me, it's, it's always, there was no push and pull. There was not that kind of tension because I think everybody realized I was very serious and I was right. treating it with the kind of professionalism that anybody in any um, other profession would, would uh, treat their, um, their work. Yeah. Right. You used two words, um, Adam, he used the words serious and then professional and, and I'm taking note of every single one of these thoughts because at the end of the day, I want to be able to synthesize what is it that makes somebody big and what is it that makes somebody and also run. They never get to take off from the ground. Adam, did you also have challenges? Um, did, you, did, you, did you have any challenges um, communicating your, your calling, your, your assignment, your music to the family? Yes, um, I wish I was a manifest position. <laughs> <laughs> but mine, I had to do a bargain. My bargain was purely doing things to impress the people who stopped me to be able to do what I want to do. Right. So it's kind of like I, a negotiation of sorts. Yes. <laughs> so I had to get my grades uh, for my dad. I had to get uh, my grades for my mom. And then when they weren't around, I had to do the same for my senior sister. Uh, but sometimes it gets pretty tough. I mean, between 2004 to 2006, uh, my bigger sister would see me go out of the house at night, go to the studio, come back home. The whole of 2004, I say I'm recording. She doesn't hear my song on the radio. Uh, doesn't hear it being played anywhere. 
And so she reached out to somebody to pray for me because right. the whole of the day, the brother is asleep. And then in the night, he heads out to somewhere, Awudume Estates. And so uh, it was ongoing, uh, but then I just uh, decided to develop a tough skin uh, for all the things that came with the choice until my breakout. But, you know, just a quick add-on. One reason why um, mine was different was I began my career outside of Ghana. Right. So I was in a peculiar, I had a peculiar privilege of being on my own and not having to answer to anybody. Right. <laughs> so I think that also is one of the, the the things that sometimes as an artist or choosing the road less traveled, you have to sometimes be willing to separate yourself from mm. that comfort space. Mm. Mm. And and it will give you the opportunity. It will be more difficult, but it will give you the opportunity to make these decisions without um, the pressure. Yeah. This is Springboard of Virtual University. We are beginning a journey on talent development that will run us for a, a number of weeks. And my guests in the studio manifest. He spells his name as M with a dot before the <laughs> A and I F E S T and Adam, helping me understand the wide gap between natural talent and world class skill. So so far we've talked about discovery. We've talked about the comfort of family and, and the tensions between your work, your education, and other pursuits and and we've looked at two different options. I mean, the, the, the manifest option where you are separated and, and the Adam option where you are in, but you negotiate your way. Yours may be, may be the Adam option, but you are learning how to negotiate and ensure that the grades are good so you can do what you got to do at night. But still, I mean, if you go out at night and you're sleeping the day. <laughs> and your song is not the It's part to your problems. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about role models. And so you, you, you start out on a journey. You are, you are exploring your, your, your own journey of music, trying to, to build something. Uh, Adam, did you benefit from role models, people who were in the field, who were ahead of you, who you looked up to as mentors? Did you have any mentors? Yeah, I did, and and, and I had different levels uh, of them. I had people in the neighborhood. Uh, I had people on the regional level, and then the national level, and then I had people globally. Right. Uh, globally, uh, it was, for hip-hop, it was Eminem. Right. Uh, Eminem is this uh, rapper I came across who penetrated black-dominated art. Uh, it's a white rapper doing hip-hop music and was able to prove himself so worthy that every time they are mentioning a category of people or a certain number, he's able to fall within. So I told myself, it's the same path you're walking. You're trying to use a less listen to dialect to penetrate a mainstream uh, tree-speaking industry. Right. You have to be able to watch the roadmap of, of Eminem and see how he's been able to get people's attention. It's amazing how, how much thought goes into the things that you do that are not evident to the person just watching and, mm -hmm. and, and, and just not understanding why you do the things the way you do. But mm -hmm. I get a sense that in choosing in choosing that role model, yes. you're, you were very deliberate. Yes. Um, uh, I wouldn't say from the start... Uh, when I heard his music, I just fell in love with this person who is abusing, let me use the word, abusing what black people do and making them feel that I could even take it to the next level. And and, and that is what got the attention of everybody. Right. His wordplay, his depth of knowledge, his storytelling, his passion, uh, he, his truthfulness when, when, when he's rapping, uh, everything resonated with, with, with me. Right. And then... And then locally, who, who inspired you? Locally, uh, when I came across Obrafo, 
Pine Mokanda album. Um, it was the first, and to be very honest, the first Ghanaian rap album that got my attention. I think I was in primary. And I told myself that in putting together the the roadmap for what I see uh, for Snoop to break out, he did something with Dr. Dre. Um, and I and, and, and for Michael Jackson, he did a lot of stuff with Quincy Jones. Jones yeah. And then for Missy Elliott, she did a lot of stuff with Timberland. Right. And so when I had an album which was entirely produced by one producer called Hammer, I set myself that I was going to work my way to work with one producer on my debut album to be able to get that same level of attention uh, that I see people getting when they, they record their album. So I spent my whole primary all the way through GSS to SS and then met Hama in 2004. And you worked with him? Yes. Wow. The power of Percy. Let me cross to you, Manifest. Did you also, did you also have a role model, somebody you looked up to, somebody who inspired you? I've learned a lot from many people through the journey. Um, from from being very young and watching my grandfather, uh, Professor Kitia, who would be up early, uh, dilig- being diligent about his work, composing and having people come to the house, etc., and then be up late at night still with the same kind of diligence and drive towards excellence and working at night. In the blood, <laughs> <laughs> now to go up watching that, uh, what excuse would I have to 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 do anything halfway? There's no halfway. There's no halfway to excellence, you know. Right. So I think I had that very early, and then I I, I used to learn a lot from my peers as well. Um, I really I think it's really remarkable that Adam had this kind of clarity and vision in terms of. He found a parallel between what Eminem did and that. I didn't have that kind of clear vision because I, I sort of was feeling myself. I was a bit of a late bloomer in terms of talent. So I started my musical career after I finished university, even wow. though I was doing music. Serious? Yes. So, but it was good because I'd allowed myself to discover who I was. Right. So when I made the leap, I was very certain about certain things. And I, 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 I had a full-time job and I was a full-time musician at the same time. And I could do that because I knew that... At some point, the transition, and I was very certain. There are certain things that would have come if I was 18. You know, do I not there three years later or whatever? <laughs> I, I can imagine a listener listening right now yeah. and getting the best of both worlds mm-hmm. because you, you two are similar but also very different mm-hmm. and you're on your journeys. And so the person gets to get that part of you that is very different in the, the sense that you, 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 you uh, Adam found it early mm-hmm. and then dreamt about pursuing it one day. You found it late. And so the person listening who is finding their talent late. Well, I didn't courage. find it late. I, I I found the confidence to make the leap late. Right. So I found it early, but that confidence to make the is terrifying. That person in the bank wants to go into music. Can be <laughs> encouraged. Yeah, no, no, it is terrifying. I can, I can imagine it that. It is terrifying. And like you said, um, you know, and the football players used to be in this situation way back where if you wanted to be in that kind of field, that, what are you doing? But until they started making a lot of money, right? right. <laughs> now, if your child wants to be a football player, probably pushing them to every academy you can. Right. But it's not its not quite like that with music because even though you, the success stories are few, it seems. Right. Um, so it is terrifying. And it is terrifying to also know that you, you could be rejected by the listeners. And this thing that you think is your life's calling, you might not be that good at it. 
Right. <laughs> so there are, there are responses to what you're, what, you're, what you're seeing from all over the world. I'm going to be picking a few of them. Let me pick one or two, and then when I come back, we'll pick some more. So Nana Dazigansa writing from Kentucky in the U.S. says, Albert, tell Manifest that I love his music, but I disagree with him about, <laughs> about Eminem. That was by, that was by Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I beg you. <laughs> right. So we'll, we'll be picking a few reactions from Facebook, but let me ask you one big question before we, sure. we settle down to the development of the talent. It's about inspiration. Mm-hmm. Some people get it at dawn. Some people get it at night. Some people get it walking through the day. Some people are inspired in the traffic. Mm-hmm. Some people write their songs in the crowded marketplace because the noise of the beach or the noise of the market inspires them. Manifest, where, when are you the most inspired? When, 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 when does your inspiration come? I am most inspired in the mornings. I'm fresh. Everything that has happened before is behind me. The mornings, I come up with my best ideas. My best songs have been written in the mornings. Right. Second thing will be the nights, right. when it's quiet as well. Do you, do you put your phone off when you're composing? Oh, I don't pay much attention to it. <laughs> and which drives a lot of people crazy, including right. my manager. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because... Uh, you know, this conversation has come out quite a bit. I, I was at Ama, Auntie Ama Tedu's, uh, uh, they, they opened a creative uh, writing center yeah, for her, yeah. AUCC. And uh, one thing that came up was trying to create uh, space, uh, space right. yeah, for writing. And it's important. And that's what we don't have a lot. People, there's the business of making music and then there's the music business. The business of making music is more about your creative side. You're finding that space to be inspired. I'm I come up with ideas throughout the day. Something could spark me. I could be in traffic frustrated. I could be at a, an outdoor end. But, and then I might save that idea. It's like, hmm, this is amusing. That right. I, you know, the invisible song you played, for instance, mm. you know, the second verse was sparked by um, me driving through a certain road in East Legon one night. But I probably wrote the song the next morning. Right. So inspiration so, so is the spark, there. The spark will come anytime. Anytime. Day, but you need the morning to craft it. Morning, nights. I, I could write anytime, but I'm most productive in the mornings and then in the nights. Adam? Um, I do most of my work at night. Uh, that's probably because uh, the whole time when I go to meet Hama, uh, every session was in the night. So somehow uh, I became a night person. It was also <laughs> only in the night that you don't have your parents and older siblings sending you around uh, go and get charcoal, come back go and fill the gas uh, go and do something and so and so when you do all that throughout the day and everybody else is asleep uh, that is when you have the time to be able to to create Adam and Manifest, helping me understand why the huge gap between some natural talents and the world-class skills that we have. I have in my studio a collection of several awards, diverse local and international awards. Put the two together and you could fill a basket full of awards. But there are some people who are hustling out there. You have the talent, you have the ability, but nobody knows you. I was telling them off air that I met a man in New Ibrim who had who had written 7,000 songs. Charlie, I watch your 7,000 songs. Sir. <laughs> the man had written 7,000 songs, but he was broke. And he was saying, Charlie, nobody knows me and I have 7,000 songs. How do you move from having a natural talent to having a world-class skill celebrated across the world? And that is the question that I'm asking my guests to help me answer. Chad Adam, do you have any advice for the man in New Ibrim? 
the man with the 7,000 songs. Do you have advice for him? Yes, I do. Uh, the simple thing I'll say is that he has to find out if what he's doing is in tune with time right. or ahead of his time. Uh, he should ask himself if what he's doing works with the demographics where he finds himself or not. These two things will, will, will help him make an informed uh, decision. Charlie, manifest. The man is a teacher. And yeah. he says he has 7,000 songs. Uh, what, what's, uh, how, how old do you estimate he was? He was, was quite old. He was, he was probably in his 40s. Okay. Right. He didn't look like a, a performing artist. I thought he should be selling, but I, is there an option for selling music? Well, if it's good. If it's good. There's always the option of selling music, but uh, where is the question? Um, I think the, 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 there's not much of a songwriter infrastructure in Ghana. Mm. You might write songs for people and have no benefits unless you're actually actively working with them in, in some kind of business arrangement, as in maybe you're a producer and then there's an artist and you write their songs for them, so you have like 50-50 splits. But in Ghana, you know, a lot of people are writing songs for people and it plays on radio and we don't get any royalties. Uh, the, royal, the infrastructure is broken when it comes like to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never received a single cent for my music being played on radio in Ghana right. in the last five years. So somebody like that who is not a performing artist and writes songs that they could shop and give to other people, I, I don't see a great business model in Ghana for him. So I don't know what he's writing, is, what kind of songs he's writing, but maybe Ghana is not where he should be selling the songs. Right. The, world, the world is a big place. It's a conversation we should keep having. Yeah. And, 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 and for an industry to grow, we must have different models. There are people out there who just write. They don't yeah, perform. Exactly. And, and they write so well that people buy these songs. And listen, yeah. they are ghost writers. You, do, you would never know who even wrote the song. Yeah. But, but hey, they get paid good money, so they don't care if you don't, you don't know who they yeah. Let's talk about I mean, before the one quick thing, I'll give him one thing to his credit i mean if he has indeed written that many songs he's done one thing that is necessary is like practice and high and, and consistency in doing your thing is 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 how you you get to greatness in whatever right. you're doing malcolm gladwell says ten thousand hours right. mastery and other people say what well, deliberate practice all these are the theories but right. he's fulfilled that aspect of it so yeah wow it happened let's talk about the development and so hey let's say that you got to a, a stage where you found out this is who i am this is what i have i found myself i found my gift let's talk about the developmental journey what kinds of preparation you mentioned the ten thousand hours and so on what kind of preparation what kind of information would you require to excel in your craft how many hours do you spend what do you do to perfect the craft let me start from you Adam. All right, so uh, I'm just going to say a couple of things that I listed quickly, and right. anybody listening should take note. Uh, when you find your talent, then you have to find a coach. Right. Then you have to study your craft. Right. Then you have to practice. Then you have to try and get attention, and then you have to build. This is this is the overview I have. Run it by me again. Find a coach. When you find the talent find your talent yeah then you find a coach right then you study your craft right then you practice your craft practice your craft then you get at you try to get attention and then you build a network right yeah so basically finding a coach means you have to find an expert somebody who you feel 
knows where you want to get to, the person has gotten there already. It can be in person or it can be virtual. It can be somebody you listen to. It can be somebody's album you listen to or you followed his entire catalog of albums. And, And when I say study your craft, you have to begin to read. You have to learn if it is hip hop. You have to learn who were the greats. Did you read about your craft? About yes, music? yes. I remember back in the day uh, when I'm from the studio and I leave Hammer, I'll go on, on the internet and I'll go to all the artists, their websites. I listen to their songs. I watch their interviews. I go to Rhyme Rater. I read hip hop history. <laughs> and I'm trying to find out what this thing is about. What Does every artist do this? I don't know. <laughs> a very politically yes, I I don't know. Let, let me help him out. No, <laughs> this is this is the this is the reason of for sometimes the mediocrity here is because right. people are in love with the results and not the process. Right. You know. Right. So give me a give me an insight into the process. Adam says just do six things: find your talent, find a coach, study your craft, practice that craft, get the attention of the market or the players. And then build your network. Well, is, there, is there an angle you want to bring to this? Discussion? Yeah, I mean, I think what Adam said is very smart. And it, it, I wish somebody told me these. <laughs> I could have shortcut my way into whatever. But I'll tell you this: I have nothing to prescribe per se. What I'll begin is to tell you that there's no formula. You have to realize there is no formula. Some people put out one song mm-hmm. and it's a hit. Some people spend an eternity. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who did Bobby McFerrin, Don't Worry, Be Happy. He'd been a musician for years, maybe a decade or two. And then he stumbled up. He, he had his tipping point with mm-hmm. that Don't Worry, Be Happy. And then everything changed. There's no formula. But there are certain things that I know in my experience, which are, you have to fully commit to your work. There's no have, but, but that's a formula actually. <laughs> I, I just this is my experience. That's right. one, and then another thing Adam said, which is absolutely true. You have to expand your ne- network. You know, it's it's, om- it's re- re- there's a requisite investment of time and money needed. Right. And without a network, how are you going to achieve that? You could be so talented, but without that, unless you had, then you are then you are gambling with your. Your career, you are hoping for that point oh, 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 0.001% that maybe goes on YouTube and it'll come viral. Nothing, a lot of these things are orchestrated. Right. So I know there's that. I think um, maybe two other things, or one, one other thing with that is that you have to realize that um, nothing is promised. <laughs> and when you realize that nothing is promised, you will not be entitled. You have no sense of entitlement and you keep on with part one, fully commit to your work and go. Me, I find my inspiration when it comes to these kind of, from a lot of sports players. Michael Jordan, Messi, all these greats. If you ever listen to their interviews and what they talk about, what you say, that persistence, that right. that drive that doesn't shut down in the morning or at night. And my, they asked Michael Jordan, uh, did you have a fear of failure? He said, he said, um, he had, I mean, he, he thought of it, and what did he say? He said something about when you have a work ethic, <laughs> you know, how, why would you fear failure? Because basically he's gone through all the different scenarios in practice. He does, and so when the moment, different moments come, he just embraces it, you know, and I, I think that, that there's something to be said about that. And when you know nothing is promised, you, are, you have that thing where you're going, 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 because you don't feel entitled. You know nothing is promised. Like the music industry is very fickle. So I think that uh, where Manifest said, if you know nothing is promised, uh, it hit me because 
for me, my nothing was promised moment was when my mom and dad passed away and I was trying to figure out where I could put myself back in school. Mm-hmm. So with that, my only way out was let me pull this music out because I know I have it. And then when I get the money, I'll be able to pay my fees. So, so the music pay your fees? Yes. So there was Brilliant. so there was no way I was going to ever stop. There was no way I was going to ever say I want to back down because I know that there was nobody else to pay the fees. And so what he's saying has captured the circumstance I'm talking about right. for me in my head right here. How old were you then? Uh, this was when I finished um, senior high. So I was between... Uh, 17, 17, yeah, they're about. In my studio, Adam and Manifest, we're talking talent, we're talking development, we're talking pursuit, we're talking awards, we're talking sacrifice. And and you've learned a few things that I, at least you can write a book on, probably. <laughs> find your talent, find a coach, study your craft, practice your craft, get attention and build your network. And please remember that you've got to be committed to your work. And remember, nothing is promised. So don't have a sense of entitlement. Nobody owes you nothing. And those are the words of Adam and Manifest combined. Let's get some comments from the dashboard. Carol Annan, the CEO of of New Times says that the gap between natural talent and world-class skill is bridged by a deliberate effort to update the knowledge so as to perfect the skills. Stephen Buedi says knowledge of the power of technology and leveraging it appropriately for growth and excellence. Manifest, do you use a lot of technology in your in your preparation and work? Do you? Oh, technology has been amazing to me, both in creating music and in marketing the music. Right. I will, you know those days you needed to go to some big studio with some big <laughs> mixing board and they overcharge you. Now with technology, I, I recorded my first three albums and mixed them myself Right. At in my home studio, basically using Pro Tools and a small, uh, you know, DGO one box. So technology has been an equalizer. Wow. Yeah. So, so talk about technology. <laughs> Listen, I have, if I have in the studio here like, like seven cameras and they are all just, all just phones. <laughs> phones on tripods directed by the registrar. You know? <laughs> and so we are streaming live, live different yeah. platforms on all your pages. Amazing. <laughs> and on Facebook Live, Periscope, just by the power of technology, enabled by ordinary people with phones. And it's just amazing how simple life can be when we understand how this game is played. Somebody says MDGD all day. How do you pronounce that, that word again? MDGD. MDGD. Yeah. I need to go for some voice training. Yeah, MDGD. So it's like M dot, M dot, 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 MDGD. DGD. Just cool. <laughs> we are we are purveyors of cool. You all know? right. Sylvester, <laughs> Sylvester Nyomi says, amazing show, amazing people. M Diggity, Invisible is just an amazing song. Adam, God bless you, right? God bless you too. So Kedom right Kofidom writing from America says it, be, it first begins in the mind, Albert. When a group of people come together with the ultimate purpose of thinking critically to uplift, develop and promote themselves, then visualize the majority of people they can give services to. That's what takes a little talent onto the world-class stage. Adam, you, Adam, you articulated that point very well about starting out and really seeking to have a mission to touch our world. Mm. And in the song Invisible, I heard about Kayayu, I heard about switching gears on the on this Charlie, So the lyrics, how do you, how do you combine <laughs> so many things in your... You wrote Invisible Manifest. Yes, right. yeah. so, I write all my own songs. So, <laughs> I mean, so yeah. you talk about the Kayayu, they talk about the... The invisible. They talk about switching gears. Yeah, you talk about East Legon. How does East? What does East Legon have to do with the Kayayu and the switching sticks? No, no, it's, the, we didn't get to that verse. There's, there's a peculiar place in East Legon that a lot of us 
pass by and you notice a lot of people there, but they are essentially invisible to the mainstream, right. whatever, but they exist. Right. And everybody has felt invisible at some point. So I, I, it just sparked something in me. Let me, let me pause yeah, and take sorry. a call from Tom Brown from Tayman. Tom Brown, good evening. Hello, good evening, Uncle Albert. How are you, Tom? I'm very well, thank you, and yourself. Excellent. I'm enjoying Manifest and Adam in the studio. So your, your contribution or question, please? Can you go to Adam? In 2009, he was being interviewed by Bolare, and Bolare asked him what he wants to do with the music. He said that he wants to be a hip hop in the next few years to come. And that now, how has the whole experience been for him? I have Kofi from Adabaka. Kofi, good evening. Good evening, Abel. How are you? Excellent. And you? Yeah, I'm doing well. And um, congratulations to Manifest and uh, Adam. And thank you for bringing them to the studio. Well, mine is um, a question, um, I think, to manifest, because I've never heard um, Adam on this issue, about, um, how do you call it, um, the beef, you know, you can have a beef with um, another artist. Is it a publicity stunt, or is it an actual beef? Um, I want to know. Um, if it's an actual beef, why would they come to the limelight with it? And... Um, they have music there to resolve it. If it is not, and it's a publicity stunt, um, I want to be educated on this. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'll ask him that question for you and have Nanamo from Usu. Nanamo, good evening. Your question or contribution? Good evening. Good evening, sir. Your question or contribution, please. My question is, so how do we, are the parents, we, the new generation, have you learned from our parents' mistake? Thank you very much. So let me come back into the studio. Um, <laughs> What everybody wants to know about you and Sachs. Let me start with Tom Brown. Tom Brown's question about Tom Brown's question about about hip hop Rene. Uh, yes. How how far are you on that journey? Is this something you're still pursuing? Yes, uh, so when Bolloray interviewed me, uh, I spoke about the fact that the new generation of artists, we're going to be hip hop which means we are going to do music and and use the music to impact people just beyond the music right and so and make a living out of it yes and right. so we are doing a lot of things in that light we were paying school fees then so you knew what <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a lot of things in that light uh, uh i talk very little about it but i'm telling the guy that yes we are into selling of timberlands uh the guy should take these names and lock them down you should take water farm you should take pepperdam you should take nesha malt and in the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot of things flying around. So we we, we are doing it. It's, it's not about saying it all the time. Right. No. Are, you, are you living your dream? No. Nowhere close to living my dream. No, Nowhere close. What, what's, what's left? <laughs> um, I think a lot of things uh, to be able to get to the level where I can affect people and their families uh, without having the support of anybody, uh, get to the level where I can be able to change people's lives by creating and giving them opportunities. I, I think when I get to that level of fulfillment, I, I will really, really be accomplished. I must say, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with the, 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 the number of artists in your in your group that have interests that go beyond profit for their pockets and, and it's just it's just quite encouraging that many of you have projects that are social developmental projects in addition to your your hip hop nation. But <laughs> let me come to you buddy first. The the question the big question everybody wants answered. 
Is it a big question for you? No, it's not a big question. Right. I can see you're very relaxed about it. I'm very relaxed. Your face is almost like nonchalant, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, no, because, you know, no Eku, but now Eku. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and they go, and they come. Yeah, and they go, and they come. <laughs> what's, this, what's this beef with it? What's, what's this question uh, man, about? It's such a... We, you know, okay, I, I guess rewind, but uh, I think... Um, Music and arts, similar to sports, can be quite competitive. Right. And uh, and especially music of young people that has hip-hop in it is, is definitely competitive. And, and also quite, we are okay to air our views. Right. And if you say something, I'll come back and say something. And it's fine. Sometimes it's just different. Everybody is allowed to air their perspectives. It's not that, there's not a personal, we don't have any personal problems. So you Nobody stole anybody's money or anything of sorts but i think sometimes when people define their opinion or something they just add them it's not really that serious i think and it's so 2016 i can't even remember i don't know how people remember that in 2017 <laughs> <laughs> you moved on oh way past on you know are you, are you, are you two buddies buddies no, no no buddies adam is my buddy and you've never heard me do a song with adam but actually you know, go to his house, all these things. A lot of people in music are just my musical comrades. When we see each other, we have a good conversation. A lot of people, when we catch up, we, you know, life is too short for small talk, so we say some <laughs> significant things to each other, and we keep it moving. I, I, a lot of my friends are not even in music, which is also useful for me because I get perspectives of people, whether they're architects or whatever, and it, it helps feed you, so... I, I'm not. I don't have a. I have a lot of acquaintances in music. I don't have a lot of friends per se. So. Are you enjoying life? Am I enjoying life? Sometimes more than others. Uh, I think sometimes when you have this big ambition, it can it can drive you every day, but it can also drive you crazy because you, you know there's so much more you want to do and achieve. Uh, sometimes when I'm out playing shows in different places, I'm like, wow, okay, I'm doing this. I couldn't have imagined. You know, ten years ago, that um, that I would have gone to this many countries to play shows. So that there's some form of fulfillment in that. But then other days, I'm just I'm I'm so eager for the next steps to come soon, and and for things to get bigger, and all, and then my frustrations, and then I go to the studio, and then I start making songs. <laughs> and then you channel the frustration to the next song. Let me, let me let me end with a question on faith. I could ask you a thousand questions, you guys. Believe me, I, I mean. I could talk to you the whole two hours and still time will keep flying. But let me ask you my last question on faith. How big is faith in your life? How important is your personal faith and your personal principles? I mean, do you sometimes have to say no to something because of your belief systems? Let me start with you, Adam. Um, yes. And, and for me, it's quite important because I've met a lot of or along the way, there were a lot of things that were supposed to throw me off. Uh, I'm not going to mention the artist's name, but this is one of the more, most respected artists in the country. When I was coming up in 2007, we're sitting across the table, and Hama was trying to play some of my music to him. And he had a lot of error, uh, and he told Hama, I think you're making a big mistake because this is never going to see daylight. And in 2007... I went into my hotel room where at Hope Chances Hotel and I said I'm going to prove this guy wrong in my head. And then uh, at another point 
another person who is really, really huge, very influential musically still in the country. Hammer wanted a location somewhere, Trasaco, for my video. And he told Hammer, uh, why are you wasting your time? This is the wrong person to use for a comeback because nobody will want to listen to him. And each time the information got to me, uh, I, I felt very strengthened uh, because this is what I always tell myself. The same feeling you get when you're scared sometimes is the same feeling you get when you're happy somehow. So it's okay. always Adrenaline. yes, it's always about how you channel it. And so, so how have do you respond? How, how does faith help you respond briefly, just in a minute? Well, I'm, I'm most of the time calm about, about things like that, but I'm always within uh, very, I, I, I immediately fight it off uh, mentally. Do you pray? Yes, uh, I pray not about what the person said, but I pray about what I want to, to do and where I want to go and, and, and hope. And, and on this note, I'm going to say, hey, thank you to Pastor Bedukobi. Uh You said a few things at the beginning of the year. And it is manifesting, and and and, it's, it's and there are big things coming. Yes, So thank you to you, spiritual father. Always, I appreciate. Right. Yeah, right. So you go to church on Sundays. Uh, yes. Let me end with you. Manifest on the issue of faith. How big is faith in your life? I think uh, personal faith and values. To to take this kind of journey uh, as a creative, you need a certain level of faith and. And a certain level of being able to have unshakable faith in your mission, like Adam is saying, regardless of how people think. And I think for me, it's more important also for me to have certain values, not to even hide under the cloak of, you know, be going around saying, hey, I'm in this church or whatever, but rather the values show fairness, transparency, you know, integrity. And then, and so that in my work, in the legacy I leave, it goes beyond. He did a lot for himself. He was able to go in whatever. But it's based on certain principles that I had before anybody knew who I was. You know what I mean? So the values and the, those human values and having unshakable faith in what my mission is supposed to be and what my calling is is very important. Right. And it goes beyond any kind of superficial faith relationship, you know. Right. So you, it must be authentic. Oh, it has to be authentic. Yeah. Right. You guys have been absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four nine 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 zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh,